Well, today we're beginning a new series through the book of Ephesians. This was originally a letter that Paul wrote to the church. And there's some major themes in this book that I think should really be an encouragement to all of us. Uh, the first major theme is spiritual blessings. And the second is the unity of the body of Christ. So I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible is crystal clear that God wants to bless us. He does. He wants to bless us. And many people uh, oftentimes talk about seeking a blessing and they want to be blessed. Well, I, the good news is that God already has blessed us and he wants to bless us. Now, one of the problems is sometimes we don't want the blessings that he gives. We, we want material things. We want to be wealthier and healthier and all those kind of things. But the Bible teaches us here, especially in this first part of Ephesians, that God has given us spiritual blessings. And I think when we begin to understand this, God has given us things that money can't buy, hard work can't earn, and ingenuity and genius can't figure out. God has given us these things. And it ought to be a great encouragement to all of us. So Ephesians chapter 1, today we're going to begin at verse 1 and look at just the first six verses together. So I want to ask you to join me in standing as we read this. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus, and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Let's pray together. Father, we know there's so much in this passage. So help us today just to get a glimpse of what you would have us to apply in this moment to our lives. I pray that as we leave here, we might leave here celebrating who you are and what you've done for us. I pray that we might have a glimpse into who you've called us to be so that we might leave here pursuing a whole new level of obedience and experiencing a whole new level of blessing. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the Bible teaches us here that we were chosen for adoption by, by God. And so there's some things in this passage that, that it teaches us about, about who we are and about what we have. And the first thing the Bible teaches us here is that we are saints. We are saints. One of the uh, major discussions in our time right now is, is identity. People will say, I identify identifies this, identify that. This, this is a whole uh, big thing in our, in our culture. And don't dismiss that because some people maybe uh, take it too far or abuse it or just, or just don't understand it. Identity is a real thing. Identity is how we see ourselves and how we want to be seen. That's, that's what identity is. And everybody has uh, an identity. Everybody has a way that they, they see themselves. Now, identity is not the same thing as reality. I, I could say that, that I identify as a car but I would just be delusional, right? 
It's not the same thing as reality. But if I really am delusional, I might, I might really think that I'm a car. And we have, we have treatment for, for people that, that need help with that. But so, so identity is not the same thing as reality, but we all have identity. Identity is how we see ourselves. And so your identity can be completely false. And so just as your identity could be based on a delusion, your identity could also be based on a misunderstanding about who you are. And the Bible teaches us that in Christ, God sees us as saints. Now, maybe you've done things in your past that you're ashamed of. And you can't, you can't seem to forgive yourself. You, you can't let those things go. And, and so those things, those things become part of your identity. So you see yourself as a failure. But the great news about what Christ has done for us is that he's made it possible for us to be forgiven. He's made it possible for us to be cleansed so that we don't have to see ourselves anymore in light of what we've done in the past, but we can see ourselves in light of what God has done for us and the gifts that he's given us. And so the Bible says that we're saints, and that doesn't mean that we've never sinned. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we have been bought with a price. We've been washed clean if we've accepted the forgiveness of Christ, and we're just, we're just a whole new person. And so what does it mean to be a saint? Well, one, it means that, that God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. You're not wandering aimlessly in this world. And you may not know what your purpose is, but you have a purpose, and God has created you for a purpose. And we're all different by design because God has different purposes for every single one of us. And so it says about Paul in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to notice this phrase, by the will of God. If you don't know Paul's story, Paul did not choose to be an apostle. Paul chose to be a Pharisee. Paul chose to be a very legalistic, hateful person. Paul chose to be a ladder climber that was trying to promote himself by the abuse of others. That's the life that Paul chose, but God interceded in his life and called him to be an apostle. And that's the way that God works. We often have a plan, and we know what we want to do. And God intercedes in our life, and he redirects us. That's how God works. He has a plan for us, and it's different for all of us. God's plan for, was for me to be a pastor, and God's plan was for me to be a pastor of this church in this moment. And I don't know what God's plan is for the rest of my life, and I finally reached a point of contentment and peace that I don't care. I can just trust him day by day and let it, let it unfold. And so God has a will, and God has a calling for every single one of us. And part of God's call for your life is to be his special holy people set apart for his, for his purpose. So God has a call on our life, and he sees us as saints. It says, to the saints who are in Ephesus. The people in Ephesus were not perfect. In fact, if we go to the book of Revelation, we see that, that God, uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ, confronts them about some problems in the life of their church. They were, they were not perfect. It's not what it means to be a saint. It means to be holy. It means to be set apart. It means to be special. And today, if you've accepted the gift of forgiveness through Christ, friend, you're set apart from the rest of the world. You are special. 
And God has something he wants to do through your life. As we think about who God is, even though God is our Father and Jesus Christ is our Lord, they offer us grace and peace. Paul says, grace and peace to you. And, and this was not from him. It's important to understand. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, di different, different religions uh, believe different things about what exists out there, who exists out there. And in many different religions, people are just absolutely terrified of different deities and spirits. And so they're constantly trying to appease them. But the truth that's revealed to us through Christ, through the word of God, is that the God who does actually exist is a God of grace and a God of peace. And we do need to live in reverence of him. But we also need to know that he loves us. He comes to us in grace and peace. He is on our side. He is rooting for us. Sometimes he has to discipline us, and sometimes he has to set hard boundaries in our lives, but he is for us. And so we see, as we look at Paul addressing this church, that, that God looks at us as, as saints. And so today, you don't, you don't have to identify with all the sin that you committed in the past. You can learn to see yourself as God sees you, as a person who's been forgiven, a person that's been cleansed, a person that's been redeemed. That means God is giving you now a new purpose and a new focus in life. And the Bible teaches us here that, that through God, we are, we are blessed. Look at what it says in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The Bible says here that God has blessed us, that, that these blessings that are mentioned here are spiritual blessings. There are certainly times when God blesses people with material wealth. There's no doubt about that. In the Bible, it speaks about uh, Solomon and his wealth that he was given by God. Uh, Abraham was blessed with great wealth. But they're the exceptions. They're not the norm. There's no promise in the Bible that you're going to be wealthy if you follow God. And I believe that God intentionally entrusts people with wealth to use it to build his kingdom and for his glory. So if you're thinking that blessing means money, no, that's not what the Bible is talking about here. It's spiritual blessings. Now, the problem with spiritual blessings is that we don't often see them in the moment. And you and I have been promised so many things in life that didn't pan out that we've often become cynical of anything that is just not right in front of us. Have you ever heard anything that wasn't true or that didn't come to pass? Think about advertising today. I remember when Anna Grace was a little girl, she, she wanted, I don't, I don't remember what it was called, but there was some toy set and there was, the, there was this helicopter, and, you know, every year there's like the gift that's like the Christmas gift. And so, you know, like every commercial on TV was about this toy set and this helicopter, and we were living in North Carolina, and she, and she wanted one of those. And that's just all she wanted for, for Christmas. 
And so we couldn't find one. And so we, we scoured the world trying to find one. And I don't know where Suzanne found it, but Suzanne finally found one somewhere. And we were able to order it and get it shipped to our house before Christmas. And we paid a fortune for this little piece of plastic. But we got the thing that she wanted for Christmas. And she... And she opened it, and we were just so excited because we thought she was going to be so excited. And she opened it, and she looked at it, and she was just so disappointed. And she just put it down, and she didn't even play with it. And so we were just like a moment of frustration and conundrum. And so, so we were like, Anna Grace, is, is that, is that not, that's not the, the one that you asked for? And she's, she's like, yeah, that's the one. And I, I said, well, but you were so, you, you've been looking for this to months. And I, and I said, you just seem so disappointed. You're not even playing with it. And she says, well, in the commercial, it flies. I thought it was going to fly. So, so she thought that this helicopter was going to fly, you know, I guess like a remote. And it was just a piece of plastic. But in the, in the commercial, they had built it up to be this thing that it, that it really wasn't. And she didn't even know what she was asking for. So she was so disappointed when she actually got it. There's so many times when things are advertised that they just don't pan out to be what we think they're going to be. Have you ever seen somebody miss the weather forecast? You play, <laughs> wow, that what a, what, there was a groan. I don't know if we've had a groan like that in, in, the, in the entire six years that I've pastored here. You plan your whole day around the weather forecast and it turns out to be completely wrong, right? We've all experienced that. We've all experienced that. I don't even look at it anymore. Anybody ask me if it's going to rain? I said, we got a 50% chance of rain. It either will or it won't. That's, that's about all we know. What about politicians? You ever seen a politician promise something and it just didn't pan out? Yeah, we've all seen that, haven't we? We've been promised everything. No more taxes. Uh, then recently, uh, hope and change. And then the next president was make America great again. And I don't even know what our current president, I don't remember what he platformed on. We've all seen these promises that just didn't come about. And so we have become programmed to be skeptical and cynical of anything that's not right for us. So when we begin to talk about spiritual blessings that we can't see, and many of them we're going to receive in the future, it's, it's a challenge for some of us to live for these things. But yet the Bible teaches that God has given us many spiritual blessings, and they are real. They are not empty promises. Paul is going to list a few of them, but, but, but here's a few more that, that are just examples of the things that we often take for granted in terms of spiritual blessing. Do you know that the Bible promises the protection of angels for God's people? Like today, we're not alone. We're not alone in this room. Jesus would reference the protection of angels in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. Jesus was warning them to be careful how you treat little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels, not God's angels, not my angels, that's not what Jesus said. He said their angels, angels that have been assigned to protect them, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. The Bible promises the provision of the Father. In the Sermon on the Mount, 
Jesus' sermon recorded in Matthew, he says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What about the faithfulness of God? In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we think about blessings, we often think of present material blessings, but God wants to give us so much more than that. So the blessings that are described in Ephesians are spiritual blessings. I say, well, what are these? Well, here's one. We are adopted. We're adopted. We're adopted into the family of God. And so the Bible says in verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So we did not choose God. He chose us. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? He chose us the bible tells us here that we were predestined for adoption well we come to a verse here when we think about predestination and of course is a very uh, controversial subject and there's all kinds of systems of theology that have different views about this and and it would take a a, a a two-year sermon series just to hit the major points of all those controversies we can't get into that today but i will say this when we think about predestination I, I was in israel and there was a gentleman there from the uk we, we were talking and uh I, I studied in the uk and so we knew some of the same people and so he he they're they're they're, they're calvinists over there and so he immediately wanted to know where i was in relationship to that and so he says do you believe in election well elect is in the bible the word is there of course i believe in election I just don't think it means what he thinks it means. And people ask, are we predestined? Well, the Bible says we are. The Bible says clearly that we're predestined on more than one occasion. And people say, do you believe in predestination to me?